I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, everyone. This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com. That's H-A-W-G sports.com. Today on the show, we're going to break down this National Signing Day. We're going to take a look back at all the prospects that signed uh, and then signed on Thursday also. Uh, we're, going to deep in, we're going to dive into basketball a little bit, talk to Pete Roulier, and talk about some of these assistant coach hires and maybe what could be on the horizon as well. All that and more on Hogsports Live. Before we get started, I want to remind everybody there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Facebook Live, always streaming live there. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Throw us a thumbs up also if you like the content and share the content if you think somebody else might enjoy it. Do the same thing on YouTube. Subscribe to the page and hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video. Also, throw us a thumbs up if you like the content there. Uh, Also available on Apple Podcasts if you like it. Throw us a five-star review. We'd love to have that from you. Say something nice about us. Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, just about anywhere. Right now at hogsports.com, if you sign up, you get CBS All Access for free. It's a $99 value. You get that as long as you're subscribed to hogsports.com. So $99 a year. If you're subscribed for seven years, it's like getting $700 worth of CBS All Access. Or you can sign up um, for the monthly option and, uh, and get it as well. So those are the deals right now at Hog Sports. Now let's dive into it. Arkansas signed nine. I think a lot of people were surprised with how well Arkansas finished. They ended the day on Wednesday, ranked number 122 in the country on the 24-7 sports composite and finished on uh, Thursday, ranked number 58th. 13th in the SEC. They still got a lot of work to do. Most of the teams in the SEC, I think everybody maybe except for one team, uh, has fewer commitments than Arkansas has right now has more commitments, excuse me. Every team in the SEC has more commitments, and that, and that plays a big role. You know, you, you, get, you get points. It, it's based on, a, on some kind of curve or something where the, the highest prospect is worth more and the lowest prospect, ranked prospect is worth, is worth less. Uh, that's how they do the, uh, the system on 24-7 sports. I want to go into the guys that signed Wednesday, first of all, and we're going to save the last three for last because that's kind of a splash ending, I thought. Blaine Toll from inside the state of Arkansas, 6'5", 244-pound, probably going to end up as a defensive end. Some talk is even if he could grow into a defensive tackle. Uh, but this is a guy that has just raw power, athleticism. I don't see him on the offensive side of the ball and may have been a little bit of a disservice because he could possibly have played tight end, but just – you know, probably would take him longer to get acclimated uh, to playing tight end based on what we saw in camp. But what you do have is a big kid who's really strong um, and very athletic and dominated on his level. Not a big level, but but dominated it like you should. Jashad Stewart, 6'2", 223. I thought Sam Pittman said it well. And, you know, this is a guy you don't – because a lot of people say they're 6'2", you know, but this is a verified – I think six one and a half verified, um, and a lot of people who are say they're six two are actually six foot. I don't know why it works like that, but there's like a shoe height, and then there's a gimme inch everybody gives themselves. So, uh, but Jashad Stewart's a guy that comes off the ball extremely fast, 
very high motor, a guy that could, you know, kind of like Toll, who could, you know, probably end up playing interior or outside. You know, and it also could depend on what kind of defense Arkansas runs. Do they run a three-four base or is it everything based out of a four-three? Uh, so that that could play a role in where you see Jashad Stewart ending up. You know, I think probably with him outside linebacker, the guy a guy that could also come down and put his hand in the dirt if needed. Cottrell Wallace is kind of the same way, 6'5", 210 out of Bryant. By the way, all these guys are Arkansas. Hayes in Arkansas for Tull, Jonesboro for Jashad Stewart, and Cottrell Wallace out of Bryant. 6'5", 210 pounds. Another guy, is he an outside linebacker? Is he a defensive end? Could depend on the scheme with him. So three nice in-state guys that they made a priority to make sure and get those guys. There were some, you know, uh, Jacoby Criswell ended up with North Carolina. Obviously, you know, you got just a few days to convince Jacoby Criswell to commit to Arkansas, as he and as he said, you know, versus, you know, a three-year relationship that he's developed with the previous staff. And I guess maybe they were recruiting him elsewhere. I don't know. Matt Brown hasn't been there that long. So, but maybe the coach that was after him. Um, Kellen Burley. I believe that's how you pronounce it, out of uh, Harvey, Louisiana, Helen Cox. Uh, I think they thought that they would also get Donovan Johnson, his teammate, who's a safety. Uh, but Burley is a six foot, 205 pounder. They need linebackers in this class. And you've got a few guys that can play linebacker Deshaun Stewart, Cottrell Wallace, Kellen Burley, possibly Dominic Johnson, also out of Crowley, Texas, 6'1, 230 pound, big back is what he, he's described as, but also a guy that could possibly end up at linebacker. Big guy, athletic. I thought he ran the ball well. Watch his highlight tape. I haven't seen like him play a full game, but watch his highlight tape. All right. Ray Curry Jr. Now, this is, I think, part of a big finish too. You know, I think – I said three. I think four. Four big finishers. Ray Curry Jr., it didn't look good when he left Arkansas – you know, cut his visit short and then went and visited Missouri. I guess he wanted to give both staffs an opportunity, but he was committed to Missouri previously. And obviously Brad Davis, and we'll get into some assistant coach talk, who was at Missouri and now is at Arkansas. So 6'6", 315-pounder, a guy that Arkansas was recruiting previously. For some reason, this is a guy that doesn't ha is not like super highly rated. You know, he's like 948 overall in the composite. But he's got Mississippi State, Missouri, Auburn, you know, Alabama, he's, I mean, Tennessee, he's got an offer list that is really impressive. Michigan, Nebraska, Ole Miss, South Carolina, A&M. I mean, just about everybody you can think of has offered the kid. So it's curious why he's rated so highly. Sam Pittman really likes him, thinks he's a big-body guy. I was talking with Danny about it. Danny thinks that his commitment, Ray Curry's, it would help a guy with a guy like Marcus Henderson, who is a four-star out of Memphis, four-star offensive lineman. So the next news, I believe, was Miles Slusher right after Ray Curry. And this was a, a guy that a lot of people were picking to go to Nebraska. He was committed to, to Oregon. The word out there was that Oregon was too far away for him. And a lot of people thought he was going to Nebraska. Now, Gabe Brooks, our regional recruiting analyst who covers Oklahoma, LSU, or excuse me, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas, Texas, I believe that's his state's, uh, he kind of snuck in a crystal ball pick for Miles Slusher and kind of made it look like he didn't know where he was going. But I think Gabe knew where he was going, that he was going to end up at Arkansas. So that's a big one. That's the number 150-ranked overall prospect in the country. He's actually higher on 24-7 sports. On 24-7 sports, individual ranking, he's the number 77-ranked player in the country, the number five safety recruit, and the number two overall prospect in Oklahoma. 
It's a big-time get for Arkansas at a position of need, especially with Cameron Curl moving on. You know, this is a guy that could come in and contribute early. You've got Jalen Catalan last year. I mean, you're shaping up with some nice, nice young safeties, especially when you consider Darren Turner, who committed to Arkansas on Thursday. This is another guy that, you know, could have gone to a lot of different places. He's the number 196 overall ranked prospect in the country. He's listed as a wide receiver, but he's an athlete, probably going to end up on the defensive side of the ball, I think. 6'3", 206 pounder, all of that. Some people say he's 6'4". Ranked number 34 wide receiver in the country, number six overall prospect in Tennessee, four-star. LSU, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, big-time offer list. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Miami, Clemson. It's a nice get. Two nice gets, the guys that could play in the in the secondary at safety. Who was next? I believe it was Coates that was next. And this surprised a lot of people unless you were on the Razor's Edge Premium Forum. We were talking about Julius Coates. Danny actually reached out to him a day or two before signing day and, you know, was kind of thinking that this guy was a long shot. And so Danny reached out to him. He's like, is there any chance that you end up at Arkansas? And he was like, oh, definitely. And I think that kind of caught Danny off guard because all the talk was, you know, this would be a long shot to be able to get him in. 6'6", 270 pounds out of East Mississippi, which is a powerhouse, powerhouse community college program. 6'6", 270. It's a good-looking kid. Not rated extremely high, but that size jumps out. Sometimes that happens with junior college players. You just never know what you're getting in terms of uh, how they're evaluating stuff. So he came on board. Darren Turner came on board. I believe that's it. I think I went over everybody. So Dom- so the class right now, in terms of people who have signed, Miles Slusher, Darren Turner, Blaine Toll, Jashad Stewart, Cottrell Wallace, Kellen Burley, Ray Curry Jr., Julius Coates, and Dominic Johnson. And then you also have Drew Francis, Mike Harris, and Tyrese Edwards committed. And I think these are guys that Arkansas, you know, kind of said, hey, you know, we've got to get a lot of recruiting in in a short amount of time. And really, I think, focused on those in-state guys as well as a couple of others. And I think that's why you saw things play out the way they did. So those guys will be able to visit Arkansas again if they want to. I'm not sure if they visited yet officially. No, I don't. No, they've got visits lined up. So, Drew Francis is coming in January 17th. Tyrese Edwards, who is his teammate, is also coming in January 17th. And then Mike Harris out of Phoenix City, Alabama, is has vi- visited on November 2nd, which I guess was right before Chad Morris was fired. And he committed. When did he commit? November 3rd just days before Chad Morris was fired. Assistant coaches. Where are we at? Let's actually, let's get to Pete before we go into assistant coaches. So I told Pete we'd get to him here right about now. So those are, oh, by the way, it's Pete's birthday. We got to wish him a happy birthday. Pete is just 24 years old right now. Been with us for, I think, 11 months, so this is his first birthday with us. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, what's up, man? Merry Christmas, Pete. How you doing? Happy birthday, I should say. I should say happy birthday. Yeah, man. Yeah, so it is. It's actually like I've always loved having this December twentieth birthday because you know, in school and stuff, we'd always be out and like all my friends would come over. It's been great, but this one feels especially good because it's right after National Signing Day. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of negativity surrounding the program. Like I feel like we could put all this Chad Moore's BS behind us at this point. Yeah, like I'm having a really good day. Yeah, I actually went and watched Eric Musselman's practice yesterday, and if you ever get a chance to do that, like obviously it's really fun and entertaining and like mm-hmm. it's everything just felt right like it's a great day it's a great day to be alive that's what i had played this morning about travis trip <laughs> you know what i played this morning i i take i took my daughter to school and then it took the neighbor's kids to school so i play that uh george jones song finally friday you know what yeah I'm that's great about? yeah got my this is one of those days a man. weekend that's the second second <laughs> show in a row that i've sung Man, that's impressive. That's good stuff right there. <laughs> so, uh, so Pete, I want to talk to you a little bit about basketball. But first, I want to get your impressions just on on this class that signed. Um, I mean, I, I think that you know, I think anybody that thought that they were just going to come in and like flip a bunch of Georgia commits, which Pittman said he wasn't going to do, and um, you know, right. have all these surprise commitments and stuff, were setting themselves up for disappointment just because you had four and a half days on the road. You just didn't have a lot of time out there. And, you know, they'll have an opportunity here to maybe flip some guys and make some big impressions in this next signing period, which, I mean, we're in a month-long dead period. It opens January 16th. But just want to get your impressions on, on the class as a whole real quick. Yeah, I think I'm pretty I'm kind of with everyone else that I'm pretty impressed with what he was able to do with such a short period of time. And something that really stuck out to me about what Pittman was saying at the presser on Wednesday was he didn't really have the luxury to go after positions of need. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people are disappointed there's not a quarterback in this class. But I mean, what he could do is go out and try to get the best players that he could possibly get that he had a chance of getting. And I think he did that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the guys that he could go out and get and he, he did, and those big ones that you they mentioned uh, earlier, Miles Slusher and Darren Turner, I mean, those those four stars coming in, um, having to sell them on this program right now, especially a guy like Miles Slusher had a lot of other options. Like, and that's a pretty good sales job right there. Yeah, I think I think you're right, and I think they did some big things there. So, um, basketball, this game's at 7 o'clock Saturday, Valpo in North Little mm-hmm. Rock at Verizon Arena. I'll be there. Um, this isn't on TV, is it? No, it's not. That's uh, It's kind of disappointing because these days everything's on TV. Mm-hmm. And people are mad. But, I mean, back in the day, you had to go actually to the game to figure out what was going on. So mm-hmm. I kind of like the old school aspect of it. I'll be following on the Razor's Edge, that's for sure. Yeah, so 
I guess it's it's intriguing a little bit just because you know you can't watch it on TV. It's in North Little Rock. I would expect that there would be a pretty good crowd on hand for this, especially you know with the mm-hmm. holidays. Also, you know one of the reasons that I'm going myself is because I'll be in Little Rock anyway. We're right. we're heading down. Uh, we've got three Christmases to do. Actually, we're doing two Christmases in Little Rock. We're going to come back up here and do Christmas uh, for the first time that we've ever been able to do that. But uh, well, and they're nine and one. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really the. I mean, there's a couple of intriguing matchups on this roster on this schedule. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Western Kentucky game on the road, uh, the Tulsa game, should have won that Valpo, one. and then you got Indiana coming up on the 29th. So you got a little bit of a break before Indiana uh, at Indiana. There's not, you know, there just wasn't that big game at home this year though in, in the non-conference. You know, I mean, and Indiana's the only Power Five opponent on the schedule before January 4th when Texas A&M comes to town. Yeah, no, there's a lot of intriguing matches going on. And, and back to this Valpo game, I would not give Eric Musselman a week to prepare for your team. Yeah. Um, I mean, the big matchup there is Javon Liberty Freeman, I believe that's his name, which is a pretty awesome name. That's a great um, name. <laughs> but I think he shoots like what, like 40, almost 40% of the shots that uh, Valpo takes are from him. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's an insane number. Mm-hmm. And you give Eric Musselman a week to prepare. I mean, I thought this was really interesting is that they had J.D. Note, who's, if you don't know who that is, is a transfer. Mm-hmm. He got to sit out this year, but a really talented scorer. So in practice, and Musselman mentioned this before, I know you were there at one of his press conferences, where if a player gets a ball um, in practice that they're scouting, they'll, like, put sirens off. So it's kind of embedded in people's heads, like, hey, oh, yeah. it's like when, when this guy gets the ball, like, you got to make sure he doesn't have any space. But this week, they got every time J.D. Note got the ball, um, obviously mimicking Liberty Freeman, they'd have the Liberty Bell go off. And like I was just thinking like that's so simple. Yeah. But man, like that like that if I was a player, that would resonate with me big time. And I asked Isaiah Joe about it. He's like, Oh yeah, man, that's embedded in my head. And I mean just the guy the scouting that he does is just absolutely incredible. Yeah. So I would ex- I would expect them to uh kind of neutralize that matchup and, and probably win this game. It's in stark contrast to what Mike Anderson had going at Arkansas in terms of just right. solely worrying about themselves. And, and Musselman does that. I mean, some of the stuff that they do in terms of breaking down film, they never show an opponent missing a basket no matter what. They, they Every opponent's going right. to look awesome in the film that they show the players. Um, you know, but breaking down stuff like – I thought it was great on uh, on the, the hog pod uh, when Musselman was on there. He was talking about – they'll break down free throws and like, Hey, you, you dribbled twice on this free throw, but you dribbled three times on this one. You know, why'd you do that? <laughs> yeah, you know, and break it down and show it to them. You know, I, I just, I just think that the analytics stuff I, I think is really important. You know, there's some old school aspects to it too, which I think Musselman possesses. And I'm one of the things I, I like about Musselman is he's a little bit older, not old, but he's a little bit older coach. He's got a ton mm-hmm. of experience. I mean, a ton. And when you match yep. that, with somebody who's forward thinking in terms of technology and stuff, that is the recipe. I think that is the recipe. I, I agree. And just to add one of those, um, something else to that story about the scouting. Like I think it's insane that after a win or even a loss, like right when they come to the locker room, somebody has been in there and they got the next opponent matchup and like, mm-hmm. you know what they run on the board already. Like right when they come to the locker room after a win, I think, I mean, that's important. And you can just tell from watching the practice, like, Man, I don't want to trash Chad Morris too much, but like, I know football and basketball practices are different, but there's just a different vibe, and you can tell that yeah. Musselman has already implemented a culture, um, and, and I think I think they're going to be good for years to come. Now on to Pittman real quick. 
Pittman's not necessarily – Pittman's kind of got an old-school attitude. I don't know that he has the forward-thinking technology stuff, but he's got people on his staff. You know, he's got a big staff. And when you have people like – it looks good for Cody Vincent, I think, to stick around, uh, who I've always been really impressed with, his graphics, the the ideas that they come up with as a recruiting team. That's one thing I've never criticized about Chad Morris, criticized plenty of other things, but their strategy in recruiting I thought was – outrageous phenomenal i agree um his, his, and i think he, there are a lot of things that, that they can adapt i think there's some things that they can adopt from that and carry on i agree yeah there he was he really did get social media and that was important and that's why he did so well recruiting i mean don't forget that he brought in trey Knox, trey mm-hmm. lombergs all these guys um but yeah sam pittman and i was thinking you were talking about all these guys that they got for this recruiting class and then thinking about the roster, there's some talented guys in the secondary. Mm-hmm. And I think bringing in a guy like Barry Odom and then a younger coach like um, Sam Carter, mm-hmm. I think that's going to really do wonders. Because Barry Odom, if I believe it or not, is focused on safeties and corners in his career, right? Yes. At one point in time. He, bar- so I he think barely really coached safeties. Yeah, he coached safeties yeah. for like one year, but he's been – or are you talking about you talking about Sam Carter? Is that what you said? Or are you take well? I think Barry it's the combo of those two. Yeah, Barry Odom those coached safeties once, but he's been a linebackers coach pretty much. Right. Yeah, most of his career, and I, I, it'll be interesting to see how they. I mean, are they going four three? Are they going three four as a base? I mean, nowadays mm-hmm. it, it barely matters. You use both of them so much that you know Pittman. You know, really kind of said more of that like bare front type of look. You know that a lot of people are doing right. now, uh, which is five down linemen. So, we'll see how it shakes out. Um, should be interesting. There are some more assistant coaches to be hired, but, you know, just back well, – and I'm going to get into that here in a little bit. But uh, just to get back on Pittman, I, I really think that he has done so many things. And we talk about Chad Morris's social media presence and stuff, but I, I've never been a fan of the catchphrases and the slogans. I always think they come back to bite So you. refreshing. And Pittman came in and was just like, you know, I'm not really a slogan guy. And I was like, good. Because yes. when things start don't go right, yeah, we're real uncommon, you know. And <laughs> when's the left lane hammer down, you know, and, you know, all all this stuff. Uh, so yep. oh, I, you, can, you, can, you can be motivational and, you know, have an identity and stuff without catchphrases. Arkansas really failed to have an identity under Chad Morris despite all the catchphrases. So, uh I think bottom line, if you're going to have a catchphrase, it's just being tough, damn it. <laughs> I mean, yes, dude. How about I, that? It was so refreshing listening yeah. to uh, Pittman and both the press conferences he's had. They've um, got to work this locker room together too. And I, I think that's something else, Pete, that he has really harped on is getting these guys to get – a lot of the things that I've just seen as a problem, you know, mixing these guys up, uh, making sure that everybody's, you know, on the same page. You don't have to like everybody, but, you know – just the idea of being more of a team. I just felt like there was a lot of division on several levels with this team under Chad Morris. And I think it started very early. Uh, I mean, just think about like one particular room, like the quarterback room, he started five different people. I mean, that's one reason why it was so divided. I mean, it was just like, and then there's like all these little sub stories that kept on coming out Mm -hmm. um, throughout his coaching, like, that locker room was clearly divided, and he even said it. He mm-hmm. freaking said it. Remember how, how like infuriating that was that he had a weak locker room. Oh, uh, oh Sam Pittman will never say that. Yeah, fragile. That's when. Sam that's the moment, that. Pete, that he he lost me. At that point, oh, I was for sure, I was already man. I was already pissed at the San Jose State loss, and then when I went down to Kentucky, and 
just just the way that they performed on both offense and defense. I mean, there were there were aspects on both, but just some of the decision making that they made, and then in the post game locker room when he was asked by Trey Shap if the team, if the locker room was fragile, and he said it was very fragile. I was just like, are you kidding me? Well, you got to be kidding me. Right about now. I, never call your yeah. team. Never, never call your team fragile. Oh, it was ridiculous. I, that's what I was kind of talking about, like how I feel good today, like. Sam Pittman's part of it. There's no catchphrases. Like, we can just kind of wash that Chad Mortis negative BS, like, mm-hmm. out of our mouths now. Like, it really does feel good right now with the position the Pittman's in. And then I don't know if I've been on to talk about the Pittman hire, but what I was saying during out the co- throughout the coaching search was I wanted a guy that um, would just make the program relevant again. Mm-hmm. And uh, after, you know, I mean, it was kind of a whirlwind how the whole coaching search went. But after looking at it from a uh, – you know, in hindsight, I think they might have gotten a guy that can bring the program back to relevancy. And then, yeah. like you said, starting with the locker room, like that needs to be fixed first and foremost. Just in my talks with Razorback fans and stuff, you do get the impression that people are excited about Pittman. And he's got a lot to prove. He doesn't check every box. He's not, you know, an offensive play – you know, he wasn't ever a coordinator. He hasn't been a uh-huh. head coach. So, you know, you wonder how much of a learning curve there's going to be with stuff. Is that going to be an issue, set some things back? But, again, not everybody checked every box. They're winning in recruiting right now, I think, for the short amount of time. That's something that you know you get with Sam Pittman, and that's one thing you got to kind of recruit your way out of this thing. But I also like some of the stuff he said about recruiting your own team. And, you know, Chad just always talked about rebuild. It's not an overnight fix. You know, if, if you guys were doing things right, I wouldn't be here, that kind of stuff. And, and Pittman doesn't use that language. You don't use that right. language with your team if you want to if you want to win football games. So, I think, I think what, that he's done some good things so far just in, just in his takes and his approach to things. And after Ole Miss, you've dealt Blaine Kiffin. I mean, who else were you going to go after? Yeah. And, and after Lane, didn't, Washington, Lane didn't check every box either. Drinkwitz right. doesn't check every box. I mean, that's what I was about to say. Did you really want Elijah Drinkwitz to come here and coach after watching his press conferences? And not anything against Drinkwitz. He hasn't even he hasn't even coached a game at Mizzou yet. So mm-hmm. we can judge him in a little bit. But I'm talking about just the way that he talks and acts. It reminds you a little bit of Chad Morrison. That is absolutely something that would not get fans excited. It wouldn't get the players excited. They'd probably be sitting there thinking like, "Oh no, here we go again." Catch I don't know, Pete. I kind of I, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't. I didn't think that Drinkwitz is a four million dollar coach, you know, or maybe right. a guy that is ready to just jump into the SEC. But I don't, I don't know. I felt like he was a little more pointed in answering questions, and you know, a little more direct on things. And that's just, you know, something that was annoying with Chad is just so indirect. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, could, I guess I could maybe see some similarities, but I thought watching his pressers, I thought it maybe it was, it was a little bit different. Different opinions. Well, maybe maybe it's a little bit different, but, you know, he's an offensive genius kind of thing, yeah. this offensive coordinator thing. And then I just think he needed something different, and Pittman really is the guy that There's came. There's too much. Like, There's too much, Pete, uh, I, and the idea that, you know, this guy just had the, just did this record. He's the hot name. Let's hire him. You know, right. we got to get this hot name to excite everybody. And a lot of times it's it's just a bad call. And I mentioned mm-hmm. yesterday on Drive Time Sports with, uh, with Stan Heath, you know, getting the Kent State job. And in one year, he took him to the Elite Eight. He had five seniors on that team. You know, it was a perfect situation yeah. for him. So, he's a hot name. Bring him in, you know. And right. so, I think you make, people make that mistake too much. But I look at Pittman just as a guy that kind of, in, you know, it's, it's kind of like the Ed Orgeron model in a lot of ways, a guy that people can get behind and, you know, he can delegate. But a figurehead, a guy that everybody looks right. to that is the face of the program. And, and I don't think Chad ever, ever really had that. 
you got anything else for us, Pete, before you head out? You're going uh, to Europe. You're going to Europe. Yeah, man. Yeah, so Pete that's, will be gone the, the 27th, so 27th through the 4th, I guess. So that's a that's a pretty good birthday, Christmas deal. You're going to Italy, right? Yeah, I'm going to Italy. So, like, my mom used to – she's been a family practice doctor her whole life. Mm-hmm. And then she uh, saved up money to send her kids to college. And then once we got through college, she took a job at UAMS in, like, a professor role. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, like, three or four years ago – Every time I call them, like, I joke with them like they're the Kardashians because they're always in, like, a different spot. Like, hey, we're in <laughs> California. They're like, we're, like, and I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, why have you not invited me? So, finally, <laughs> I got the invite, and I'm pretty pumped about it, man. That's good. That's good. It's been a hell of a year for you, Pete. You got uh, this is your first <laughs> full-time job, I guess. You graduated college. Right. Um, celebrated your 24th fourth birthday. It's your first birthday as a gainfully employed contributing adult to society. Right. Yeah, and you're going yeah. to Europe on top of it. Yep. What's I next for Pete That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. Well, things are looking up, and I appreciate you for having me on, man. Yeah, appreciate you, Pete. All right, thanks All right, for joining us. All right, that's Pete Roulier. Pete does a great job for us. If you're not following him on Twitter, it's P-E-T-E-R-O-U-L-I-E-R. That's R-O-U-L-I-E-R on Twitter. Um, does a great job. Been with us for, I guess, 11 months now, and uh, we certainly appreciate everything Pete's done. For us. All right. I know you guys want to talk about assistant coaches, right? Let me bring that up here. All right. So we'll first go over some of the guys that have been hired. Obviously, we know Brad Davis. We've talked about that. Came from Missouri to Arkansas. He was a graduate assistant uh, under Sam Pittman in the past. I like what I've seen from him on his mic'd up stuff, his energy and, and the way he coaches and stuff. I think he's going to be a hit with the players. They're already off to a good start getting Ray Curry Jr. on board at Arkansas in the recruiting game. So they're probably going to end up bringing in a few more offensive linemen. Pittman says he likes to bring in – he said probably never be a class where they bring in four offensive linemen and, and a couple of running backs. So I like the sound of that. Just say the same thing at linebacker. So they also got Sam Carter, and this broke, I guess, earlier this week. We we put that on Hog Sports. We got a strong indicator that he was a prime candidate to look at, and just I think an hour later we announced him as, as the Arkansas cornerbacks coach. Young guy, former TCU player, but uh, and was a quality control guy at um, at Missouri. So this is a guy that I look at as a mix-it-up type of guy, probably real high-energy, strong recruiter type of guy that they thought has a really bright future. Um, Missouri was pretty solid in the secondary this year. So I think this is a – this is a he's a young guy. He's a young guy. He lacks a lot of experience. But, again, you want to have a nice mix of coaches on your staff. Speaking of mixes, Ryan, Ryan Rhodes, R-I-O-N Rhodes, R-H-O-A-D-E-S, spells it the long way out of junior college, a linebacker's coach out of junior college who played under Sam Pittman. He's the – or excuse me, he's the head coach. He was the head coach at Hutchinson Community College, but he'll coach the linebackers at Arkansas. So, two guys that have officially joined Chad Morris's staff. Now, I think moving forward – oh, we, we also got to mention uh, – we also got to mention uh, uh, Patrick Doherty, who was a quality control guy at Arkansas – excuse me, I keep getting this mixed up. He was a graduate assistant at Arkansas under Sam Pittman. Okay, and then when Sam Pittman moved to Georgia to take that job, he took over quality control on offense. So he's been working with Sam Pittman for a number of years now. I guess 
six years he's been with Pittman now. So he's going to move into the director of football operations role that was previously uh, handled by Randy Ross, who I believe is retiring, who was with Chad Morris for a long time. So that's a that's a job with a lot of responsibilities. So going from a, a much older guy who's retiring to a, a really young guy in Patrick Doherty. I believe that's how you say his name. I've never I've always just read it. I've never said it out loud. Out loud goes by Pat too. So for coordinator positions, I think the way things are going to shape up, I think that they will end up going first off with an offensive coordinator. I think that's your next hire. Unless there's somebody – I don't think they're going to hire – okay, so the order I think it's going to go in is offensive coordinator next, and then I think possibly defensive line coach will be next unless the offensive coordinator has a running backs coach or a tight ends coach or if he's not a quarterbacks coach than a quarterbacks coach that he really wants to bring with him. So I think he'll probably be – uh, big on those hires since Sam Pittman's already hired your wide receivers coach and Justin Stepp. He's already hired your offensive line coach and Brad Davis. So that leaves tight ends, running backs, quarterbacks on the offensive side of the ball. You get 10 total assistants. I think they probably zeroed in on maybe a couple of candidates on the defensive line. What I would like to see on defensive uh, on these assistant coach hires, I guess, um, and somebody asked me about defensive line particularly, but I would like to see somebody since that is such an important position. You know, we talked about since Sam Pittman's been hired, this is an offensive-defensive line-driven league, and you got a, a really solid name on the offensive line. Now let's see a really solid name on the defensive line. And to me, that's a guy that has coached in the SEC, has SEC experience as a defensive lines coach, maybe has been around or has real strong connections to a recruiting hotbed for Arkansas, maybe like Texas or Louisiana or Mississippi or something like that, the Memphis area, you know, something like that I think would be really good for the defensive lines coach just because that is such an important position. Uh, you want to make sure you can draw for some talent nearby and, and really load up at that, at that group. And who knows what they'll end up with with running backs coach and with, you know, tight ends coach and stuff like that. So for coordinator, this is what we know right now, okay? We know that Chip Long – is a candidate for the job, okay? I don't know that Chip Long has been to Fayetteville, okay, in terms of them talking to him. If they have, I think it's probably been off campus, all right? Kendall Bryles, I know, was in Fayetteville. He was at Doe's Eat Place. I guess that was – the days all kind of run together, maybe Tuesday, Monday, something like that. The days all kind of run – maybe it was Sunday. But Kendall Bryles was in Fayetteville at Doe's with Sam Pittman. I know that for a fact. Major Applewhite, I believe to be a candidate. I don't have that pinned down as hard as the the other two, but I believe Major Applewhite is a candidate for the offensive coordinator job. Rhett Lashley has not been contacted as of Wednesday, I believe. I think Rhett Lashley would be interested in the job. There's a lot of reports that he hasn't or he's removed his name from consideration. But from what I understand, he hasn't been contacted about the job yet. I think that he could possibly be a good hire, though. I mean, he's done some really impressive things at SMU and has been around the block a little bit now. You know, still a younger guy, but has been around the block. He was the offensive coordinator at Auburn for a time. Uh, he's from Arkansas, went to Shallow Christian, quarterback. So maybe somebody to consider, but I don't know that Sam Pittman has really crossed paths with him, and that's something that he said in his Wednesday press conference that, you know, you tend to hire coaches that you're familiar with, that you've been around, that you've crossed paths with in the past. So 
that's where things stand right now with offensive coordinator. Really, those three names are the ones that have popped up. I don't think Dearman at Kansas, from my knowledge, hasn't been contacted about the job. That's not to say either of these guys won't be eventually, but from what I understand, it's full speed ahead right now on hiring offensive coordinator, and then everything else is going to be secondary. Defensive tackles coach, if there's another uh, assistant coach on, on defense or anything like that, any other office jobs and stuff like that, I think are going to be hold off for a little bit. I want to get into a few questions here. Dale Bill says, will tomorrow's game be available on the radio? Yes. Every game is available on the radio. Every game is available on TV except for this one. I don't know why they don't televise the Little Rock games. I'm not sure on that. Adam Mills says, Trey, what about Rakeem Boyd and where he stands right now? Rakeem Boyd ran for 1,133 yards, 1,133 yards, 6.0 yards per carry, eight touchdowns, pretty impressive numbers for a junior, a fourth-year junior also. I th- tend to think he's probably going pro, and unless Sam Pittman can recruit him back, that would be about as big a commitment as you could get if you could get Rakeem back. But you just don't see a lot of running backs stick around for their senior year after they've had a 1,000-yard season like that. So we'll see how things shake out. I kind of think that Arkansas's offensive line is going to be better next year under Pittman and Brad Davis. So maybe that's something that he looks at. But I think he's probably going pro. He has until January 20th to decide. Kirk Sorrell says, love the show, Trey. Can't wait to be a subscriber to the show. Just waiting on the wife, LOL. She's a Mizzou fan. Uh-oh. You ought to also subscribe at Hog Sports. If you like what we do, if we like what we do with the walk and talk, with Hog Sports Live, all the free content that we put up, then you really should come and check out what we do behind the scenes. And right now, as I mentioned, you sign up, uh, you can get CBS All Access for free. It's a $99 value, which is comes in really handy for me. It's commercial free also. There's a huge library of shows, uh, movies, you can watch the sports on it also, which uh, I've done. I did, um, you know, with a lot of stuff. So I would recommend signing up at hogsports.com if you like the stuff that we do. Otherwise, then you're going to like what we do for VIP, I promise. Chris Carlson says, yes, sir, is a catchphrase enough for me. <laughs> yes, sir. Nice and simple. Tim Allen says, I'm so ready to have a good defense. I think they're going to improve on defense. I mean, when you look at what Barry Odom did in the past, I mean – his three years in Memphis were very impressive, and his one year at Missouri was extremely impressive also. Barry Odom is a number one draft pick type of defensive coordinator, and I think it's especially big to get him early. You know, and speaking of recruiting and getting a defensive line coach in, I think you also need to consider a guy like, uh, you know, Colin Clay. Colin Clay was all Arkansas. I mean, he was all Arkansas and, and decommitted before the defensive coordinator was named, not decommitted, put his name in the transfer portal. Also, Arkansas also, Arkansas also uh, lost Jordan Jones to the transfer portal. Um, you know, Nick Starkle recently to the transfer portal. You got Devin Bush back from the transfer portal. Uh, so I guess that puts them at, let's see, Starkle's out. Jordan Jones is out. I believe that puts them at 63 scholarship players right now. So they can sign 22 if nobody else transfers out, but they're going to have somebody probably transfer out. So right now the number's 22. They can sign a maximum of 25 if they have the spots. But you're always going to see about seven players move out of the program every year. If if you don't, then you're not going to be able to sign 25. Robbie Fortner says, what's the real story about O'Grady? I mean, I think it's pretty well documented that, you know, he's just had some – some issues, getting along with coaches, showing up for stuff. I mean, he's just 
He's always had issues. I mean, I wish C.J. O'Grady the best first-round type of talent. And, unfortunately, some off-field stuff has damaged that, I think. So, it's unfortunate. But C.J. probably be okay. Somebody will end up picking him up, I think, just on his talent alone. Adrian Jones said that San Jose State loss did it for me. Yeah, I mean, that was a uh, – that was a bad one. That was the one where you knew it was like, man, this thing could – if they don't shape up, this thing could end. But they did bounce back a little bit, played Texas A&M very well, had a chance to win that game, maybe should have won that game. I mean, there was a couple of calls that went against them that were that were rough. But um, I just feel like there was – you know, we talk about a lack of culture, but there was a lot of disorganization. And just people that I've talked to behind the scenes, you know, that have been around the program and not necessarily working in the program, but, you know, some of the things that were said and done in terms of, you know, maybe this is mandatory and this is, you know, we're going to do it this way and that there's no other way, but not really following his own advice a lot of times. There's just a lot of disorganization with um, with the way Chad Morris ran things. It was just it, it was. I mean, it's it's crazy because it was very organized in recruiting. They had a ton of meetings on recruiting and and really had a lot of good policies. But there was a lot of disorganization and nothing screams we don't really know what we're doing or have a game plan or a good game plan because we gave Rakeem Boyd the ball three times in the first half against Western Kentucky. If you guys remember, that was my first question to Chad Morris. I had some questions about job security and talking with Hunter Yurchek, and I asked those. But my first question out of that press conference, just like, hey, man, Rakeem Boyd, why would he carry the ball three times in the first half? I mean, and didn't have a good answer for it. Chris Carlson said Morris's first pressure at Auburn was the same tone and robot responses he gave here every time. Yeah, that was one thing I thought was real disappointing about Morris and something I kind of gave uh, Butch Jones hell about when he was at Tennessee just because he was brick by brick and we're going to do everything possible for our football team to, you know, just used way too many words in describing what he was saying, got very little information out. And I used to refer to Butch Jones as robo, robo coach. But Chad was a lot like that, except for the, you know, long pauses, just a lot of, uh, you know. And it was like he just did – he did whatever he could to avoid the question and answer the question that he wanted to answer. And, you know, Pittman's not like a guy that's always going to be high energy. You know, he's a very calm, collected type of guy. But he's at least going to give you answers. If he knows the answer, he's going to give it to you. Where do we stand on a quarterback coach? That's going to be the offensive coordinator. I think we're going to see something move very quickly on that, Tim. Galen Brown says, need, need y'all on more. Straighten up the board. Great guys on the board. I'm so confused. Uh, go Hogs 24-7. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're saying, Galen. <laughs> uh, let's see. Did I say Chad Morris' staff? So I might have said I might have misspoke earlier saying Chad Morris' staff. So sorry if I had. I, I, I keep doing that, so. Sam Pittman staff, not Chad Morris's. It's going to take me a while. The other day I wrote something out about 2020, you know, and I, I wrote 2019, like January something 2020, and I wrote 2019 on it. And it's, I think it's just one of those things. You got to get used to the new year, got to get used to the new coaching staff. So apologies for that, for saying Chad Morris, his staff, Sam Pittman staff. Sam Pittman staff, Sam Pittman staff, Sam Pittman staff. Say it three times and use it in a sentence. When are they going to fill up Sam Pittman staff? That is a good way to remember things. Say it three times and use it in a sentence. Tim Allen says we need a good defensive back coach. 
obviously, yes. They got some. I think they got some good young uh, talent. I think Arkansas secondary players, their cornerbacks, I think are actually they've got some positive guys for the future. I think Monteric Brown has chops to go to the NFL. Really strong tackling cornerback, big tall guy. I mean, he's not like husky or anything, but he's a tall guy. I think they've got some good young players there. Just just got to get the right coaches in and getting Devin White backs big. I would actually like to see Gregory Brooks Jr. move from the nickel spot maybe to a cornerback spot. I think maybe you get a bigger body guy at nickel moving forward. Daniel and Jill Walter says, who's your pick for OC? I don't really know. I mean, I, I, Kendall Bryles, if you look at just at the numbers that he's done in his career, I mean, it's always like, except for maybe one year out of like six of, of him being an offensive coordinator – has been like a top ten type of defense, including one year as the number or offense, excuse me, including one year as the number one ranked offense in the country at Baylor. So I mean, if you just look at the numbers, Kendall Browse, I mean, it's not that close either. It really isn't in terms of the guys that we've mentioned. Adrian Jones says, "What the game won't be streamed? Nope, you can listen to it." On radio. I'll tell you a trick that I've been doing also because I haven't been able to go to all the basketball games like I'd like to just because of the coaching search and it's been so busy. But I like listening to Chuck and and Coach Zim on the radio. And I'll just – I'll kind of sync it up with my television and watch it that way. Used to in the old days, we would watch Razorback games and you just turn the radio on and it wouldn't be any problem. You didn't have any option to sync it up, but it would just be synced up. And you, I would watch the games like that. And but with basketball, I like listening to Chuck when I'm watching games, just because they're they're going to say everybody's name, who's touching the ball, and before the end of the, by the time the game's over, you know all the players for the opposing team, and you know what they do well because you know Chuck says their name, passes the ball to so and so. So I like that, and I like the uh, the kind of hometown color guy Matt Zimmerman does. I enjoy I enjoy his takes. Versus listening to the same commentators, you know, say the same things. National guys are going to tell you the same stories over and over again. And I don't know who the guy kept saying hoist every time somebody shoots a three-pointer. They hoist. Hoisted. Hoist. It's like drink every time this guy says hoist. Next time you're watching an SEC Network game and they say hoist, you got to take a drink. (laughs) That would be a good drinking game. Tyler Tober says, just curious, did Chad Morris ever get a final meeting with the team? No. Also, was Mark Smith retained? No. I've got conflicting reports. Mark Smith is not retained. Chad Morris never met with the team. No. I think Hunter Yurichek basically said I think it would be better just to just to move on. Brandon Freeman says, and I think if you notice also, you, you know, with Matt Luke at Ole Miss, you had players get up and leave the locker room when uh, they came in and told him that, that he'd been fired. You didn't really see that problem with Arkansas. It's telling. Brandon Freeman, any name quarterbacks we are looking in the transfer market? I think it's early. The Texas Tech quarterback, I think, is a guy that's intriguing. But, I mean, numbers are low at quarterback. you got three guys coming back. Three guys. It's not a lot. And just to kind of go over recruiting needs, I think, if you look at quarterback, I'd like to see him bring in a young guy, fresh, a freshman out of high school, and – Possibly a junior college guy or a graduate transfer type because you need more numbers. You got KJ, you got Jack Lindsey, and John Stephen Jones. That's your quarterbacks. Unless Connor Nolan turns around and decides to come back. So numbers are low. And I think you also worry because KJ is a mobile type of guy. He's going to run, so he's going to take some shots. I mean, he already missed one game because of a concussion. So 
that's a little scary, I think, at quarterback. you got to get some more bodies in there. I think you look at running back, you want to bring in one more running back for sure in this class. Offensive line, Pittman said he always wants to bring in four, so that means three more offensive linemen. They may not be able to do that in this class. It may be a smaller class just because of that. You want to make sure you're bringing in quality. Uh, if you look at tight end, that is very important. You need two tight ends in this class. They put all their eggs into one basket last year in Hudson Henry. They had three seniors leave the team, obviously run out of eligibility. Um, you need to bring in another tight end, or at least two tight ends. And I think Alan Horace and Brandon Frazier, I think you got a shot at both of those guys. They didn't sign in the early period with anybody, probably re re uh, rejoin. So um, defensive line, mm, I'm not really sure. I haven't really broken down the numbers there, but they got a big junior college player. I don't think they're – Hurting quite as bad there on defensive line, but you need to address it. Linebacker, oversign the position, please. Just especially the interior guys. For once, sign too many linebackers. Sign like I can't believe they signed too, this many linebackers. I will say this on defensive line. Also, you need to make sure that you, if you can, if there's a guy that's six four, three hundred pounds with fast twitch muscles, you got to get him. I mean. You just got to sign a guy like that. I don't care if you have the position filled up. There's there's just not a lot of 6'4", 300-pound kids that can run sub-5, 040 with those quick twitch muscle fibers. There's not a lot. So, if you can find them, get them. Linebacker oversigned. Secondary, I think they got a couple of nice safeties. You know, if you can find a cornerback out there also. Wide receiver, obviously, if you get Savion Williams. I think they're in decent shape at wide receiver. I think I left that position out earlier. All right, Andrew Sawyer says, you're a boss. Oh, appreciate that. Lucky to have you. Appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. I really do. Really enjoy doing this show. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Even listen to when we do promos and stuff and try to promote the show. I appreciate you taking some time and listen, sitting through that. We want to make sure we get the message out there to as many people. And I appreciate being called a boss. I don't think I've been called that before. Samuel James Gramlet says, where do you think we are going to sit the quarterback situation? I think I went over that. Trey, where do you see former staff members ending up like Joe Craddock and John Chavis as Adam Mills? I've heard Chavis at like Tulane or something or something like that. I don't know. But um, I haven't really heard on Craddock. I haven't heard where he might end up. Paul Anthony says, KJ with the right coaching is scary. Yes, we're going to see some RPO no matter what happens. And I think uh, I think he's their odds-on favorite to start. David Hayden says, with Bryce Young committing to Alabama, probably will start next year. Maybe two his little brother could transfer. Maybe so. Bryce Young's a big-time talent. William Anglin says they won't be coaching anywhere. It's possible. Adrian Jones says it's because Chad Morris is not a head coach. Yeah, I'm obviously not impressed with Chad Morris's performance as a head coach, especially at Arkansas. I think there's maybe a lot of coaches, and I like some of those young assistant coaches, but I think maybe there was a couple of guys on, on staff that maybe could have cut their teeth somewhere else, you know, before taking on an Arkansas job. It was a very, very young staff. I mean, to put this in perspective, when you look at the scope of coaches at Arkansas, there has been maybe one or two guys, I think two guys that were younger than me that were hired as coaches at Arkansas as assistants. Two guys in my entire – 17-year career of covering Arkansas. I think it's two guys that were younger. And it's very recent because I'm just now, you know, I'm 42 now, so most of the time I've been, you know, younger. But when Morris's staff came on, I mean, Justin Stepp's a good bit younger. I mean, these guys are like, you know, eight, nine, ten years younger than me. Dustin Fry's younger. Joe Craddock's younger. Mark Smith is younger. Um, I mean, that right there is a pretty good number of coaches that – 
I mean, that's that's a young staff, and I think it paid off in recruiting, but, you know, you did have some inexperience. And I don't really put a lot on these assistant coaches for the performance. I mean, some of it, yeah, there's some credit due for everybody for the way things went, but I really think the man at the top played a big role in why this program was in the situation it was in. Saw William Anglin, Chad wasn't ready for SMU. <laughs> Maybe so. Kevin Johnson says, I hope Coach Pittman can get the guy for guys from Carthage, Texas. Did you say Colin Clay was staying now, says Scott Landon? No, I didn't say that. I just said that he's a guy that they need to re-recruit back in the program. I mean, you talk about a good-looking kid. I mean, especially if you're talking about a 3-4 a defensive end. Man, he fits the mold there. Need to quit talking about Morris. Okay, I'm good with that. We'll move on. Let's move on. Stop talking about Morris. Todd Willis says, hello, Trey, for Georgia. Hey, Todd. Can't win the SEC without a great quarterback, says Tom Shamwell. Absolutely right, Tom. You cannot win the SEC without a great quarterback. But at the same time, you can't win in the SEC. Misread that. Yes, very true. We'll worry about championships later. Get, get your feet back on the ground first. But uh, if you look across the SEC, any, any team that's good has a good quarterback, except for maybe Kentucky. But that kid was a heck of an athlete. Josh Turnage says, what are the chances Mark Smith stays as a recruiting coordinator? I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. To be honest, I haven't heard any movement with that so far. Joshua Thompson right now is the recruiting coordinator. I don't know if he's going to stay in that role or not. Or I think he'll stay at the university, and maybe he'll stay in that role. I don't know. But, um, you know, they've got those guys working. So I do think Cody Benson's a good bet to stay on, Cody Benson. Tim Allen says, I don't think it matters about Auburn's offense. Yeah, Gus will be calling the plays. You're right. All right, what else we got? Norman Hunt says, hi, I'm in North Florida. I was wearing hog gear to the store. Two Georgia guys stopped me a little triggered for losing Pittman. I thought that was great, Norman, because Arkansas fans, I remember being real disappointed when Pittman left. And the offensive line hadn't been good since he left. And then to see that flip around with Georgia fans, you know, kind of disappointed. I'll say this also, you know, just in talk about engaging with other fans before we head on out of here. There's a lot of salty fans in Oregon right now and, you know, Nebraska, and you see people saying, why would they want to go play for a cellar dweller? I had some troll from Mississippi State talking noise about their their season compared to Arkansas's. And I just want to say things are cyclical, all right? You know, Arkansas is moving forward, changed coaches. I can remember a time when Mississippi State was just atrocious forever, for a long time. And Arkansas has been bad, no question about it. They're deserving of the butt of the jokes that they're on. But things are cyclical and things can change. And Arkansas hasn't been the problem. It's been the coaches. It's been the coaches that they've hired. The last four years, the last two years of Bielema, I just think a lot of things happened with that program, just took a nosedive um, under him and then two years under Chad Morris. People are confused about what the problem is at Arkansas, and it's not Arkansas. It is not Arkansas, I can promise you. This program can win. Tim Allen says this is an awesome show, and I appreciate that. And we're going to head on out on that. Note, I want to remind everybody again, if you sign up at hogsports.com today, H-A-W-G-sports.com, you're eligible to get CBS All Access for free, a $99 annual value. So go ahead and sign up for that deal. And that's with an annual or monthly subscription. And that also goes to members listening. If you're not in on any other kind of promotion, then you get CBS All Access for the life of your subscription. It's a heck of a deal. It's for our loyalty, for our subscribers. We appreciate everybody 
of course, for uh, being subscribed to hogsports.com. And if you like the content that you get here, you like the walk and talk, you like the stuff we do on drive time and Danny does on out of bounds and the free content we put out, you're going to love the VIP stuff. And it's a, it's a great deal always. It's always a great deal. We always have some kind of promotion right now. You get CBS All Access with it. Plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can watch on Facebook Live, always streaming live there. If you haven't done so, throw us that thumbs up now. Be sure to share the content if you think somebody else might like it. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the channel, hit the notifications bell, and uh, so you're notified. And leave a content, uh, leave a comment, interact with the uh, with the show. Also uh, on Apple Podcasts right now, the number one ranked Razorback show on Apple Podcasts. I think we got the most reviews also, but we'd love to have more. We want anybody who's searching on Apple Podcasts for Arkansas Razorback content for our show to pop up there at the top. So be sure to throw us a five star, say something nice if you like the content. If you don't, don't worry about it. We don't want to make you do anything you don't want to do. But if you like it, we re- really would appreciate that. Also. Available on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, just about anywhere you can think of to find um, podcasts. So this will be the last show for a little bit. We're not going to have. We might have one towards the end of the week, maybe twenty seventh, twenty eighth, something like that. Maybe if there's an emergency podcast we need to talk about something, then we can do that. But probably going to limit it a little bit during the Christmas holidays. Um, but. Uh, I certainly want to thank everybody for tuning in today, and I appreciate Pete Roulier for being with us. Appreciate you guys for your questions, and appreciate the Razorbacks for all the content they've given us and moving forward. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.